Hi everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Infraction, our true crime podcast. I'm Nadia. And I'm Sally. And it's a Sunday and we are releasing an episode. So do you want to speak a little bit about that, Sal? <laughs> yeah, so basically, I mean, I think we'll take it as a positive thing. Um, some people would wanted to hear the podcast a little bit more mm-hmm. regularly. I think particularly when we're in the early days and we've not necessarily got loads of episodes out for anyone who wants to have a bit of a binge. I know that's kind of my preferred way of listening to yeah, things. Um, so we thought we'd give it a go releasing two a week. So now it'll be Wednesdays and Sundays. So this is the first one. And yeah, we'll see how long we keep it going for. But yeah, hopefully you guys think that's good news. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely do it for the foreseeable future, at least until I can go back to work. Um, and we'll do our best to bring you two full episodes every week, which should be a walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's crack on with today, with episode nine. So on today's episode, we're going to be doing something a bit different to the last few weeks. I want to discuss today a group of victims who I think don't really get enough attention or consideration from a lot of true crime podcasts. And those are victims whose lives have been turned upside down and ruined by actions that aren't violent or aggressive. And sometimes, in certain situations, actions that aren't even deemed illegal. Specifically, today, I want to talk about victims whose lives have been ruined by something that is largely referenced to as revenge porn. Revenge porn has been described by the UK government as being the sharing of private sexual materials with the intent to cause distress. And yeah, like I think that's a pretty good description of what it is. It is the act of taking sexual and nude photos of someone or having those images sent to you and then sharing them with other people out of revenge or at minimum to cause upset, embarrassment and distress to the person in that photo. Today's story is going to focus on one such individual who used revenge porn to make an obscene amount of money. His name is Hunter Moore. Hunter Moore, who was aptly dubbed by the Rolling Stones magazine as the most hated man on the internet, is a man from California who shot to notoriety in 2010 when he started the website Is Anyone Up? And just so you can get a flavour of the kind of man we are talking about in today's episode, here is Hunter Moore himself describing his website. Uh, Well, it all started with, um, you know, me hating some dumb bitch who broke my heart really and that's how it started dude trying to get back at somebody in revenge basically for fucking with me and i wanted to fuck with them 10 times harder and me and my friends would just post a bunch of girls on is anyone up which is weird because is anyone up was supposed to be a nightlife website that's what <laughs> the name and uh we just got a bunch of traffic one day and i was like yo i can make money off titties and fucking people over um, and it just kind of evolved into what it is and really like people like you and shit made is anyone up what it was I just made fun of people wow he sounds like a really nice guy yeah charmer isn't he and also a bit stupid because as I don't know which came first really that uh, him speaking or the definition of revenge porn because that's just like such a good confession almost isn't it he couldn't have described or admitted to it any better yeah okay so actually at this point in time when um hunter had this website up revenge porn wasn't illegal um so that's kind of something that we'll really like discuss in today's episode but um as you can kind of get from that audio hunter moore first posted a naked photo of his ex-girlfriend on the website is anyone up I've read a lot of different sources on her and as usual, a lot of information differs. However, the kind of continuous commentary that crops up is that she was a member of like a semi-famous band and she broke Hunter's heart and he had nude photos of her that she had sent to him and his friends apparently wanted to see the photos too. So he posted them on his website, Is Anyone Up? 
And within weeks, Hunter said that the site had over 14,000 unique hits. Wow. This wave of traffic to the site excited Hunter, and as you heard in the clip, he realised he could make money off this. He opened up his site for people to submit naked photos of their exes, and these were uploaded onto the website for the entire world to see. What is even more horrific is that next to each nude or sexual photo that had been submitted, Hunter posted that individual's full name, location, where they worked, and links to their social media profiles. This level of exploitation was unprecedented, and because of that, the site completely blew up. People were obsessed with checking the website, finding images of people they knew, or looking up people in their local area. In just over a year, Hunter claims that the site had more than 500 million views. Bloody hell, that's a lot of arseholes in the world, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. And just one giant one running the whole show. Yeah. Unfortunately for the thousands of victims on the receiving end of Hunter's relentless quest to ruin as many lives as possible, there was nothing they could do except ask Hunter to take down the posts. What Hunter was doing, as I just mentioned, was technically not illegal. Hunter Moore was protected by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. I won't go into detail about this law because I reckon it's probably really boring to most people, but essentially it states that no provider of an interactive computer service, so say a website, shall be treated as the publisher of content provided by another. So he was completely protected by this law. So this is actually the kind of laws that protect like Facebook and Google and like other websites like that so you can kind of understand why it's in existence but obviously in a situation like this it's really difficult yeah and it just seems silly really because you can understand for example so for like a whistleblower website it's really important that people can post things that either they've heard been a verified source etc with some form of protection but actually you'd think in the age of technology um, and quite how advanced and widespread media and communication platforms are now that actually the law might be a little bit more nuanced than that to protect these kind of things particularly where there's an intent to distress someone Mm -hmm. i mean this is not the same thing as facebook not being held to account for whatever i put up on my facebook you know this is a person who's going out of their way to use and actually exploit that law that's there to protect him while simultaneously hurting other people yeah so hunter didn't care about any of this his stance was that he just created the website he didn't take the photos and he didn't upload them he simply just provided a platform for others to post on he said the real people that the world should take issue with should be the people sending these photos into the website but on that note though he started it to post so surely he fits into that group as well because he started this whole thing to be one of those people posting a photo of his Mm ex-girlfriend exactly he's so delusional throughout this entire thing i was actually really going to keep my opinions out of it but i've lasted all of like seven minutes so (laughs) (laughs) he went on dr drew's talk show to defend his website A victim of his website, Alison Pereira, phoned in to say to Hunter that once the photos are on the internet, they are there forever. She also said that she tweeted him asking him to remove her photos from his website. And instead of responding to her tweet or simply deleting the photos, he just retweeted her. Alison then faced the wrath of all of Hunter's Twitter followers tweeting her and calling her a slut. This is how Hunter responded. I don't know how you can point your finger at me. Um, You took the picture. I mean... I, I've been justifying this in my head for over a year and a half of you know the site, you know what I do and the site that I run. But at the end of the day, um, it started with you and you took these pictures. I don't know how old you are, but I'm sure you know you're smart and go to school. I mean, it's 2012. What do you expect to happen? Somebody's going to monetize this. I mean, um, and I was the person to do it. 
God, that is awful. So it's just complete victim shaming, basically. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he wouldn't be complaining when actually it was his girlfriend who no doubt he probably asked and encouraged that kind of online like sexual relationship of sending photos, Mm -hmm. etc. And I just think sending them in good faith you know he's acting like she was took these photos and uploaded them to the world herself she sent them to a person in confidence yeah you can't imagine how in his head that makes sense no completely and actually that's a really good point what you just said about the fact that well he he was also someone who received these photos from his girlfriend and yeah at the time i'm sure he wasn't saying to her like oh you're you're smart you go to school like why why are you sending me these photos exactly so it kind of just seemed like nothing could stop him the angrier people got the more traffic the site had he went on talk shows similar to the one i just spoke about and angry victims would call up and all it did was drive more people to the site to take a look at what everyone was getting at so angry about i think i read somewhere that after he appeared on anderson cooper's talk show where women who had been exposed on the website were sat next to him actually confronting him his site saw more than 200,000 visits a day and can i actually just say on that like spoiler alert the website was taken down 16 months after it went up but if it had been up still i wouldn't be doing this episode because it would just be adding fuel to the fire and I am aware of that but I think now it is important to just raise awareness of like these kind of victims no I completely understand that now because he 100% is listening to those limited video clips he's clearly just as you said earlier deluded Mm -hmm. and a narcissist he doesn't think any of this is his fault and is clearly reveling in the fact that his heartbreak has led him to make loads of money and he's still screwing over all these people in the process Mm -hmm. so you can totally imagine why any kind of media attention just encourages this guy um but like you say is not you know this is something i've never heard of it needs to be something that is still talked about because actually i think people would and probably in a fit of rage distribute something like photos that were sent to them in confidence and i think this is a perfect example of actually these photos once they're out there can be out there forever Mm -hmm. And actually, it's not down to the people who take the choice to send them. It's down to the people who decide to send them on. Yeah. And so I think it's, like you say, now that people aren't, I mean, I'm sure they're still possibly living with the consequences, but now it's not live and just encouraging him specifically or traffic to this website. I think it's really important to talk about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, completely. So this site didn't just target Americans, it targeted people from all over the world. And I think it's important to just reference that these people weren't just humiliated or embarrassed about having their photos online. Most of these people were continuously harassed. Because Hunter gave out each person's social media, their name, their location, and their place of employment, trolls, and probably just downright perverts, had the ammunition and all the information they needed to harass these men and women featured on the site. People had to move house, start new jobs, change their social media names. Some people even legally changed their names as well because they were constantly hounded, sent abuse, sent dick pics and had rude and sexually aggressive comments posted to all their social media sites. The abuse these people received was relentless. On top of, of course, that horrible feeling of dread and embarrassment knowing that your picture is online for all to see. So at this point, obviously, I know that revenge porn is not a crime, but I know just thinking from like current day... Um, that it would be illegal for me to go around distributing someone else's address without their consent. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, was that not a crime at the time? Because that seems really, I mean, if he's t- telling people's locations or social media profiles, in a worst case scenario, you could actually get people coming to your house who could be some quite nasty people like actual sexual predators who are willing to act on it. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if that wasn't a prosecutable crime at that point. 
No, so he was quite, and I hate to use the word smart, I would say probably more like vindictive with the way that he did these things. So instead of putting their address, he just put like a generic location. Uh, So this is Sally and she works at this place and she is located in Hampshire in England and um she these are her social media profiles so then they'd link to your social media Facebook page they'd link to your Instagram so everyone could see your horse pics like that kind of thing mm-hmm. but like everyone people would be able to identify that it was you but I mean people who didn't right, know okay. you wouldn't know where you lived but I mean they'd have every other piece of information and I'm not saying that they wouldn't have been able to find that information because they probably would like you really don't need that much information on someone these days to be able to like find their addresses and stuff like you said so technically yeah. what he was doing was on the cusp of legality but yeah completely immoral obviously right okay so a bbc article i read spoke about a girl called lucy although that isn't actually her real name but she was a british 22 year old who said that she was so humiliated that all her family and friends had seen the photos um that these that had been posted online to is anyone up she said she emailed hunter on several occasions asking him to take down the pictures but he didn't she even told her local police force, but they didn't do anything. There was really no legal action, kind of like what we've been talking about. No legal action that anyone could take. The photos technically were the property of the individual who was submitting them to the website. So usually the property of the scorned ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend who was submitting the photo for revenge. The only potential loophole would have been to go the route of uh, copyright law. One lawyer managed to successfully have his client's photos removed from the website by claiming that the image was a self-portrait and so the copyright automatically belonged to the woman who had taken the photo. This lady's photo was removed when this request and legal claim was submitted to the website host. Hunter's response to this was to move his website to over 40 different hosts so that in the future people would find it harder to get their photos removed. He was literally hell-bent on making sure these photos stayed online. It's just so nasty, isn't it? I think to have a... At the start, I'm not defending what he did, but he's a heartbroken man. He makes a split decision. He gets a good reaction. Great. But you just like to think that any kind of human being might have a sobering moment where they think, do you know what? Enough's enough. This has gone too far. Even I've made some money off it. Let's call it a day. But the point at which people are suing you and really coming after you, you just think, God, how vindictive and, and nasty can you be to keep pursuing the this like destruction of other people's well-being and like livelihoods oh completely completely and he just doesn't care like a girl even went to hunter's house and asked him to take her photos down and he refused to and then out of sheer anger she ran at him and stabbed him in the shoulder with a pen um this involved a trip to the hospital and stitches and um all that hunter could think about was taking a photo of it to post on the website because he knew how much traffic it would cause And like in another interview I saw, the host asked Hunter if he felt remorseful for what he was doing and the fact that some people had said that their lives had been so badly ruined that they wanted to commit suicide. And he basically said he didn't care. And he said that ultimately if people committed suicide over the website, then that would be on them for taking the photo in the first place. And he would have to thank them for driving more people to go to his site. Wow. Like, can you believe it? It's horrific. So it got to the point where Facebook got involved and Facebook sent Hunter Moore a cease and desist letter. The letter stated that Hunter Moore and his website were breaching Facebook's terms because the website was posting information about Facebook users without that user's consent. The letter also stated that Facebook was a safe site for its users and that Hunter's actions of using links to the social media site to intimidate his victims undermined Facebook's goals and abused individuals. They stated that it was illegal and would not be tolerated. They told him to remove any screenshot or connection to individuals' Facebook profiles from his website. 
Hunter Moore replied to Facebook's letter by sending them a photo of his dick. Oh my God. This guy now at this point, he's just a stupid, just completely self, self-absorbed idiot, uh, isn't yeah. he really? I think if this has completely gone to his head. I don't even think listening to it, you, he doesn't particularly sound calculating enough to make you think, God, he's actually just got no empathy. He's a psychopath. You just think, no, he's just completely lost it. He's become completely detached from reality mm-hmm. and obviously thinks he's above these huge companies, which is just an absurd thought when you think, I'm sure he probably thinks he's making loads of money, but I can't imagine his legal team would stack up against Facebook's. No, complete. yeah, exactly that, completely that. And you know, like this this whole, like this response wasn't the first time he used that response. Like um, Brandy Pizzante, who's like a minor celebrity who appeared on Storage Wars, she sued Hunter Moore for defamation after he uploaded a nude video of a lady that, and he claimed that it was her. And in response to the email from Brandy's lawyer telling Hunter that he was being sued, Hunter again replied with a dick pic. Like, he literally does not care. He thinks he's so above everyone, like you just said. He thinks he's above the law. He thinks he's above everyone else. But, you know, you're so correct. Like, like he thinks that he, one person, who's essentially just got, like, a complete superiority complex. Like, he really does just think he's better than everyone else. He's smarter than everyone else. He referred to himself and likened himself to Charles Manson. And quite disgustingly, he called his fans the family in the same way that Manson called his following the family. God, that just, well, that just says it all. One of the considered the most kind of depraved and uh, power-hungry men slash murderers in history Mm -hmm. and that's who he's aspiring to be like Mm -hmm. and who he's likening himself to and like the fact that he you know whenever anyone talks about charles manson no one says what a stand-up guy like i'd love to be like him like everyone has the worst views on him and he's like yeah i'm like that guy that's what a horrible horrible man no i completely agree and also a bit again just sad isn't it because actually no you're not like him you've just got a load of sad heartbroken creeps sending you photos that they've been sent you by no means have got any kind of real control and following yeah Yeah. exactly it's just as pathetic that he wants to be like him and pathetic that actually he's not even really that like him (laughs) yeah actually that's so true he's nothing like him like that it's just he's just embarrassing (laughs) yeah So Facebook were not the only organisation to come after Hunter Moore. Next up, this happened. This is a call to all of Anonymous. We will hold Hunter Moore accountable for his actions. We will protect anyone who is victimised by abuse of our internet. We will prevent the stalking, rape, and possible murders as byproduct of his sites. Operation Anibully. Operation Hunt Hunter Engaged. We are Anonymous. We are Legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Hunter Moore, expect us. Hacker activist group Anonymous launched Operation Hunt Hunter to bring down the website and stop Hunter Moore from bullying and harassing hundreds of people. Hunter had claimed that he was going to now start posting people's addresses and upload maps to people's homes so that anyone who wanted to could find them. He claimed that he had single-handedly enabled the stalking of hundreds. Anonymous called their hackers into action to hack the website and shut it down. Hunter responded by tweeting... Lol, my servers are up. Try it. Oh, God. It's just, I don't know, it makes your blood boil listening to it, but also you just you think, what a sad little man. Like, how can this become your life's mission mm-hmm. and something that you're so obsessed with? You just think, really? Like, are you happy at this point? Yeah, yeah. He can't be, surely. He's a no. oh, disgusting man. So 
it sort of seemed that Hunter Moore was invincible. It seemed that nobody could touch him. And even if they managed to get a small victory, he would change his tactics to make it harder for people to get these little wins in the future. And all hope really seemed lost for the victims exposed on his website. Then came along Charlotte Laws. In 2012, Charlotte's daughter, Kayla, was a 24-year-old aspiring actress. Kayla received a phone call from one of her friends telling her that there was a topless photo of her online. Kayla was horrified, upset, and more than anything, totally confused. She saw the photo, and yes, it was of her, but she was horrified because she had never sent that photo to anyone. She had no idea how Hunter Moore had got hold of it and how it had got online. She said within minutes her colleagues had seen it, her friends had seen it, and she started receiving messages on Twitter and Facebook about it. Kayla had taken the photos and had emailed them to herself, and then really, she'd just forgotten about them. I've spoken about revenge porn and the fact that largely people's exes were sending these photos to the website as an act of revenge. However, in Kayla's case, this didn't apply. Kayla's emails had been hacked by someone, the photos had been stolen, and then they had been posted online. Charlotte Laws, Kayla's mother, got in touch with Jeffrey Lyon, who was the head of the security company that handled Hunter's website, and he blocked the page that had Kayla's photo on it. Hunter Moore then went around this and just created a new webpage and put Kayla's photo back on it. Charlotte wanted justice for her daughter, and so she embarked on a two-year investigation into Hunter Moore and his website and compiled evidence that documented that over 40 women had had their photos hacked and illegally stolen from their computer or emails and then posted online. She took this evidence to the FBI and they launched an investigation into Hunter Moore. Whilst Charlotte Laws was investigating the website, Hunter Moore was selling out. On the 19th of April 2012, the website posted a letter from Hunter Moore saying that Is Anyone Up was shut down. Hunter had sold the website to an anti-bullying group called Bullyville. Hunter said that he didn't regret what he did, um, but that he was just burned out and tired of the amount of photos of underage children were being submitted to the site. He said the process of having to report it and dealing with the legal drama of that was too much for him. Bullyville, the new owners of the site, put the website offline. They said that the website had served no public good. Despite the website being down, the photos were still out there for all to see and the damage to hundreds of victims had already been done. This seemed unjust for so many people, especially since Hunter faced no legal repercussions for his actions and the fact that he had reportedly made hundreds of thousands of dollars by selling his website. A lot of people felt justice had not been served. Therefore, Charlotte Laws refused to give up. She continued her quest for justice and, as I mentioned earlier, her findings sparked the FBI into launching their own investigation. Charlotte Laws actually appeared on the Dr. Drew show too, to confront Hunter. She told him that he had hacked the photos of her daughter Kayla. Hunter's response was that when anyone does something stupid, they try to take a step back from it and that's what Kayla Laws was doing when she said she had been hacked. He said to Charlotte Laws, I bet your daughter sent her photo to a million guys and that's how she ended up on my site like everyone else. How can you just sit there literally and just say that to a mother of a daughter who has appeared on his yeah, website? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm all, I'm still as well fuming over the fact that he, the reason he said he was giving it up was trying to angle that he was doing, he just couldn't deal with the stress of having to report images of children and things mm-hmm. because you just think as if at this point you feel even the need to come up with a nice reason why you're ending this when actually you've dedicated the past few years of your life just to ruining other people's. Yeah, and he didn't feel any remorse. Yeah, exactly. And then here you are trying to like paint yourself out as a bit of a saviour 
of the one thing you know you draw the line out which thank god to be honest but mm. oh he just it makes your skin crawl doesn't he he's a kind of guy that you just would hope your child would never ever come across yeah and, and that's what makes me feel so bad for the victims and like you sort of touched on like right at the start like it is obviously a really kind of like important message to people who are sending out other people's photos Uh, we don't victim blame on this show at all if you take a photo you take a photo like if you are someone who is thinking about sending someone else's photos on you need to understand the repercussions that this has on hundreds of people because these victims they lost jobs they had to change their name like the fact that some of them even had to move house that's an excessive amount of effort to have to go to to just be able to live your life normally over like a picture yeah, absolutely. And the effect on these people's mental health, etc. Mm. And I think the thing is, even if you think you're sending it on to your nice mate who you've known for 10 years, actually, you don't know where. And all it takes is for a couple of people just to send that on. And before you know it, it's up on some website like this. or And from there, it's just not traceable anymore. And it can end up in the hands of God knows who and just affect someone with their entire life. So I just think there's never, ever a good reason to send on a photo that was sent to you at your confidence. Mm-hmm. And so that is just something really important for everyone to remember because even if it doesn't end up on a site like this, it could end up in the hands of someone like a hacker. And that's what happened in this situation. The FBI uncovered information that showed that a hacker named Charles Evans, who went under the hacking alias of Gary Jones, had been employed by Hunter Moore to hack into individuals' phones, emails and computers to get access to these compromising photos. But just why? Because he's already got thousands of scumbags sending in photos that people have taken so at this point it's really hard to understand the need to then employ someone to hack and steal people's photos especially because it's like i don't know just are you just bored of the original type of humiliation you're inflicting and instead want to take people who have been caught unaware like kayla who doesn't think that she's sent it to anyone you just can't imagine it can you like you've not even got the revenge element here that was seemingly his motive before it's just mm-hmm. infuriating. It just seems such a sad length to go to. to For what, about 40 accounts, did you say they found evidence of hacking? Like, Is that bloody worth yeah. it? Well, and this is what I don't really understand either. And may, I don't know, maybe it's because he wasn't getting enough photos sent in anymore. Like, Because this is like towards the end of his spree on this website. Um, so it'd been over a year. So I'm wondering if, for that, if at that point he was still getting the traffic to the website, but he wasn't generating enough new material as like harsh as that sounds, that phrasing. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like maybe maybe people weren't sending them in at the kind of rate that he wanted them to, which maybe makes it clearer as to why whenever someone tried to get their photo off or managed to get their photo taken off the site, he just put it back up because... Maybe it's because he really just didn't have enough content. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose as well, maybe there's like a power element here. Gives him more control over the kind of photos he's putting up. So whereas I guess before, if people are like submitting them, um, I don't know, maybe he was trying to raise the standards of the site or he just liked the fact that, yeah, he was invading people's lives and managing to steal them and, and control things. I mean, he's clearly a pretty nasty guy at this point. So I don't know why it does surprise me that he'd go to these lengths. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it was greed. Maybe it was the fact that he couldn't get enough images sent through to the site. But whatever the reason, this hacking was Hunter's downfall. Because on the 23rd of January 2014, following an arrest by the FBI, um, Hunter Moore and Charles Evans were indicted. Their charges from the FBI were of conspiracy, unauthorized access to a protected computer and aggravated identity theft. 
In court, Kayla Laws testified about her trauma and said that he had called her a whore and had tweeted, I fucked Charlotte Law's daughter so many times and her daughter sucks the best cock. In court, she said, Your Honour, I have never been in the same room with Hunter Moore except in court. The court also heard how he had sent death threats to Kayla and her mother Charlotte. He also tweeted, I'll ruin your life and your daughter's the fun way. When you and your daughter get my dick out of your mouths, you will realise how hard I troll you. Jesus Christ. He's such a depraved human being, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he? You just think there's nothing in the world that can... I don't care what his ex did to him or whatever. There's nothing to justify this level of behaviour and the extent he's gone to just to hurt other people just so gratuitously. I mean, this is way beyond any kind of revenge. It's feeding something sick inside him, isn't it? He's getting Mm -hmm. some kind of perverse kick out of this that, frankly, I don't think we'll ever be able to understand. No, I, I, well, I certainly can't understand it. And like, yeah, okay, he said he was heartbroken. Like, cry me a river, haven't we all been? I've been heartbroken about 24 billion times and I've never done anything this disgusting. Like, it doesn't, it's not an excuse, do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. It's, uh, to me, it just, it, it completely, completely boggles me how he can be filled with this much hate and just this much disgust. Like, even sending those tweets to Kayla and her mother, that's just disgusting. Why would you do that? Especially when you know that these people are taking you to court and that you are going to face them in court. He literally doesn't have any kind of remorseful bone in his body or kind of any care for anyone else, it just seems. Yeah, I completely agree. So in February 2015, Hunter pled guilty to a felony charge of aggravated identity theft and aiding and abetting unauthorised access of computers. He was sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison and was ordered to pay a $2,000 fine. By mid-2017, Hunter Moore was released from prison because he reportedly entered into a programme that wanted to help offenders reacclimatize to the outside world. Why does he need reacclimatizing? He's been yeah. there for two years. What could possibly have changed between 2015 and 2017 that he needed reacclimatizing? No, I think it's more likely it's probably an overcrowded jail and ultimately he's not killed anyone. So, yeah, he got a pretty soft sentence, to be honest. He is now reportedly serving three years of supervised release, which will come to an end in September of this year, 2020. During this three-year release, he must notify his probation officer of every computer or computer-related device he owns, and that's it. Charles Evans, who was the hacker, was sentenced to 25 months in federal prison. This was not the only legal action taken against Hunter Moore, however. In 2013, James McGibney, who is the founder of Bullyville, uh, the website that bore and shut down Is Anyone Up, won a quarter of a million dollar defamation judgment against Hunter. Very soon after Hunter sold his website to Bullyville, he took to Twitter to write a number of tweets that accused James McGibney of possessing child pornography, being a paedophile and engaging in child abuse. He also threatened to rape James McGibney's wife. One of his tweets read, A James at Bullyville, get some little kid's dick out of your mouth and let me fuck your wife. Jesus Christ. That's just the most disgusting and vile language and just so unnecessary it's like you made a conscious choice to sell your website to this man who is clearly dedicated his life to doing nothing but good and you just think what what are your child like why would you sit there on twitter it's just so pathetic accusing this man who's done so much more with his life than 
this loser's has done you know mm-hmm. ever and yet you feel the need to sit at home calling him a paedophile i think that just reflects that hunter's gone to extreme lengths to try and i don't know make himself feel good and actually he still can't he's still just a sad little man who needs to do something to make himself feel a bit better and therefore the answer to that seems to be sitting on twitter abusing people but you just you know really makes you look at him and think was any of this worth it then because you're clearly still as miserable as you were when this all started and you were just a heartbroken loser yeah totally but that's what annoys me so much is like he is so aggressive he's so vile he's so obviously not remorseful for anything that he's done he could have got up to seven years in jail for his sentence but they gave him the minimum sentence and that's what i don't understand like he's quite clearly not going to be reformed in such a short amount of time if that's like you know that's one of the reasons that people go to prison isn't it is to to be rehabilitated to be reformed and he just he obviously isn't going to be in such a short amount of time when he really doesn't seem to understand the gravity of anything that he's doing and he's just using this vile aggressive language towards people on twitter he's like a complete keyboard warrior yeah. And he's just hiding behind it. And it's funny because like he he tried extremely hard to avoid being served the legal paperwork for the defamation suit. Um, like he moved in with his grandma and never left his house. Um, but he did do like a 2 a.m. fast food run. Um, and ba- when like reports say that when he was approached by an unfamiliar face, he ran and he tripped over and he spilled all his food all over him. And so like lying on the floor, caked in Taco Bell, he was served with this def- defamation suit, which I think is actually just like like kind of like poetic justice yeah isn't it How <laughs> like very a small fitting. win <laughs> it'd be really interesting though if this case had happened now because it sounds like this was kind of at the start of people starting to acknowledge that it yeah, is it a crime to distribute photos of someone else and and even to be honest i would say now people are a lot feminism as a movement is much bigger you know people saying actually it's a woman's right her body is her right etc and mm-hmm. i'm not saying you know this was back in the iron ages but actually i think it's relatively recent that the general population's response to this wouldn't be oh well, these women shouldn't have taken the photo whereas i think now people would be a lot more like actually no that's her right the crime here is very much the male perpetrators or who whoever it may be that's passing these images on so it would yeah. be quite interesting to to think if this had gone now, would he still have got two years or actually would this be seen in a completely different light? I mean, of course, some level it would because revenge porn in itself is now a crime, but I do find it interesting he only got two years and I wonder if actually, who knows, maybe the judge sitting on the case in the back of his mind perhaps was thinking, well, this man would never have done any of this if all these women hadn't taken the photos. Yeah, and I think that's what's like, that is what's quite hard. Like there are obviously so many sentences in cases that just seem totally unjust. And, you know, there will be ones that are much more unjust than this one here. Um, But I think also the fact that he took a plea deal would have um, mitigated some of the time that he was going to spend in prison. But I mean, do you know, give him five years then, if you're not giving him seven, give him five, like make him see that there is actually consequences for your actions. And I just feel like a $2,000 fine and two years in prison and then three years on probation, that's that's nothing. No, but and particularly when like the... um conditions of his probation i would have a strong suspicion are incredibly hard to police i mean like, he doesn't sound like the kind of stand-up bloke who's gonna go yeah hey, i've got a new computer you'd really <laughs> like to know how anyone's actually enforcing that oh yeah no i definitely agree i don't i don't reckon it's enforced at all i reckon it's just one of those things that's just kind of done for paperwork rather than anything else i really highly doubt it's enforced um i, re- I think i read somewhere that 
he started tweeting again, which was also against his uh, probation. But then um, his mum apparently came out or his grandma or something, a member of his family came out and said that it wasn't him and that he'd been hacked, um, which I think it's Hunter's own words that said something like anyone who does anything stupid when they want to backtrack from it, they say that they got hacked. So <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Doesn't sound that like yeah. it, does it? No, exactly. Hunter Moore called himself a professional life ruiner and for many of his victims that is exactly what he was. Some of his victims tried to forget about the whole thing and attempted to move on with their lives whereas others used their anger and emotion to push forward and try to make a change. Alison Pereira, the first girl we talked about who spoke to Hunter on Dr. Drew, went on to be a huge advocate for anti-bullying and sexting awareness. She has her own website, and that is linked below, and she talks about her story and how these photos ruined her life and how sending them to her boyfriend ended up in years of bullying and harassment. She was even invited to the White House to speak about bullying and won the New Jersey State House Assembly Award for Rising Young Women of Change. Like personally, I think it's really commendable that she took this thing that really did destroy her life for so long and she turned it into an amazing platform to speak out and help others. Um, I think largely all the victims have just tried as best as they can to move on with their lives, but I think that probably that is quite hard to do given the injustice that Hunter Moore really didn't serve a lot of time for his crime. And actually, to be honest, while I'm on it, I kind of have to say I have so much respect for Charlotte Laws for really just doing the police's work and investigating this so much and uncovering the hacking that he was doing. Because without that, who knows how much longer Hunter would have been out there doing these things. I know that he shut down his website, but he wasn't going to stop there. He was going to start a TV show and start a new website and a lot of other plans were in the works. And if Charlotte hadn't stopped him, then who knows, you know, like what else he might have done. And I'm just kind of like, in awe like where would you even begin with investigating something like that like what a woman no absolutely such a hard thing particularly anything i mean you know i'm vaguely computer literate i would have no idea how to start tracing something that just randomly appeared on a website so i completely Mm -hmm. agree it's really commendable of her to done it because i think what really struck me about this case is that you can hear as it progresses how much his confidence and complete you know detraction from reality seems to progress as the website becomes bigger as he gets Mm -hmm. fame as he manages to get away with things without anyone really coming after him so I think if anything this case is probably just really important for someone just to bring him back down to earth and actually you're not untouchable you're not some god who can just control and do what you want without any consequence and yes two years doesn't sound a lot the fine particularly doesn't sound a lot given that actually money is what he's gained in principle from doing this so you'd kind of like to see in an ideal world I don't know any proceeds that can be linked to the site removed in my mind would Mm -hmm. be a fair a fair punishment but you can just hope that actually just just made him realize what you're doing is wrong and there are people out there who can prove it and do something about it yeah and the fact that it was just like this mother and daughter like duo who came and just took him down and you know he was up against like anonymous like facebook and like at one point you know obviously like after um charlotte and kayla got involved like then the fbi got involved and i think like that's amazing like they are just two ordinary people 
and they just took down this man who like you said really needed to be brought down to earth and I just feel like the more like I research cases for these episodes the more I'm just overwhelmed by how amazing some people are and like yeah like don't get me wrong I also can't believe how depraved and disgusting people are too but I do feel like in almost every case we've covered there's always like an underlying person or a collection of people who just rise above all the adversity and like the shit that has happened to them and they stand to make a change and I just think it's phenomenal and like really inspiring yeah I would completely echo all of those thoughts there's yeah light in pretty much all of these cases isn't there about people who've sort of found a real inner strength to do something Mm -hmm. about the injustices that occur completely So as we mentioned earlier, revenge porn is now illegal in California where Hunter did this and in almost every other US state too. It is also illegal in the UK now, Australia, Canada and actually almost all other countries. Thank you so much everyone for listening. I've linked all the sources I use for this episode below, but just a quick warning, there are about two pages worth of links. I also only just realised that if you're listening on Spotify, the links come out as a big block of text and there is no way for me to change that. So if you're having trouble viewing them or you want to see an easier to view list, then you can go to infraction.podbean.com and the links for each episode are a bit clearer there. Join us next Wednesday where we will be doing a listener request. If you have an episode suggestion that you want to hear us cover, then you can submit it via our suggestions form. The link is in the description box or you can click through on our link in our Instagram bio. Thanks so much for joining us today and listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you on Wednesday. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)